we're trying to get people to to sort of embrace and become an active part of their rehabilitation. And to do that, you got to do the work. And if we can help them do the work 70% of the time instead of 50% of the time or 80% of the time, then that would be you know a huge breakthrough in the industry. This is A New Angle, and I'm your host, Justin Angle, marketing professor at the University of Montana College of Business. This podcast is my chance to speak with cool people doing awesome things in and around the great state of Montana. We are proudly underwritten by First Security Bank and Blackfoot. Hey folks, welcome back and thanks for tuning in. I love the story you're about to hear. John Fiore is one of the first people I met when I moved here. He's an amazing person and such an important member of the Missoula community. His business, Sapphire Physical Therapy, has helped many of us overcome injury, launched many of the great PTs in this town, and sponsored many of the awesome events that bring us together. Sapphire was also one of the earliest supporters of this podcast, and for that we are eternally grateful. About five years ago, John teamed up with serial entrepreneur Joe Jensen, and then later Michael Gardner, to create Morphos Exercise Systems. Their objective was to improve the way physical therapy is delivered, increase patient compliance, and improve outcomes. It's a classic story of a market ripe for disruption, and I'm excited for you to learn all about it right now. Okay, so I'm here today with John Fiore, Joe Jensen, Michael Gardner, the men behind Morphos. Fellas, thanks for coming on the podcast. Glad to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for the invitation, Justin. Thank you very much. So, John, we go we go back a number of years. I mean, you were one of the first people I met when I moved to Missoula. Just met through the trail community, but also you're, you're so highly regarded as an endurance athlete in this community, but a supporter of so many of the things happening in, in this town. A longtime uh, supporter of, of University of Montana, the physical therapy programs, and your business, Sapphire Physical Therapy, is just sort of a cornerstone of this community. Before we get into sort of the, the business that you guys are in, I think it's important to set the stage with understanding the problem, because um, that, that origin story, you know, how Joe came in as a patient and, and sort of was befuddled with what he left with for these exercises. Yeah, tell us about kind of the problem of delivering, you know, you can deliver physical therapy in the clinic, but beyond the clinic, kind of how, what's the problem with how it's delivered? So, yeah, in physical therapy, modern day, we see patients a lot less frequently than we did when I started working as a physical therapist in 1993. So now we see somebody once a week, maybe every couple weeks after a surgery, maybe twice a week, whereas in the 90s, we'd see people three to five times a week. So the, the frequency that we get to interact with patients is limited. And therefore, we we're asking our patients to do more on their own and to do that effectively, they have to understand the exercises that we're sending home with them. So that's the problem and the frustration as a physical therapist and, and frustration we hear from our patients as well. And it would seem like when you say that they have to do stuff on their own, I mean, my experience with physical therapy has been you go in, you learn all these, these sort of specialized exercises, they feel really good, you feel like you're making progress, and then you go home and you got this piece of paper with kind of stick figures on it. And it's like, well, what do I do with this? By the time I have my next appointment, I feel like I've sort of lost the plot of how to do these exercises. But tell us about like 
how how that system came to be and why it was it's sort of baffling it kind of still exists it, it is a pretty archaic system that, that we're still using in physical therapy um, when i started working at first at st pat's in the hospital you know we we didn't everything's in inpatient in person you don't send people home with exercises but then when i started working in outpatient we had you know we would draw out stick figures literally or we had these flashcards that we would put on the photocopy machine and organize them in an order and then then use the Xerox machine and copy them and hand a piece of paper, a two-dimensional picture to someone. That's like the best technology we have. And even and even until until today, the best technology we have is basically two-dimensional photos or a, a two-dimensional video that you can create for a patient, which makes it very hard to understand a three-dimensional movement pattern. And some of these movements are, as you know, pretty complex. Indeed. And Joe, you were, you sort of experienced that complexity. I think it was a shoulder injury. You sort of intersected with John on trying to get some, some help and, and realizing that, um, wow, this is sort of a weird system. Yeah, actually, uh, my, I had a fusion in my neck. And so I went back into him as much for strength and regaining balance as, you know, trying to repair any systemic damage. But, uh, it, I mean, it's, it was it was pretty comical. You know, the the exercise we always refer to um, from that time was uh, it was a it was a lateral hop, and so the the exercise was you're supposed to crouch, you know, on one side of the uh, and then jump laterally and land in a crouch on the other side. And the pictures that were you know John was able to provide was just a picture of him crouching to the beginning and a picture of him crouching at the end. So the the pictures actually weren't even remotely helpful. It was it was all about the text, and if you didn't remember, you know exactly what was going on, or or the text was confusing, there was really no way to to do anything. Um, and so it 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 just really doesn't doesn't provide the help that you would hope you would get. You know, going to someone as knowledgeable as John, they just can't send that knowledge home in a two-dimensional picture with a little bit of a write-up. And so, you know, as you lay that out, there's, I hear a few different problems. One, you know, John, you talked about contact hours just in decline, having to be more reliant on patients doing their homework in order to get results. Two, sort of understanding what the patients are up to during that time, and you can only rely on self-report. Yeah, talk about how the, 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 the concept for Morphos came to be. Like, what was the initial idea? And um, yeah, what are, you, what are you trying to create to deliver a better experience and better outcomes for your patients? Well, in, in the physical therapy world, value is a big, hot topic right now. Um, knowing that healthcare is very expensive, lots of out-of-pocket dollars, deductibles and co-payments. So, so my thought was, we can do better. We need to bring the technology of our home exercise programs up to the technology of our education, our healthcare system, our testing, and, and, and honestly, the cost of physical therapy. Uh, I felt like we were doing our patients a disservice, handing them or emailing them uh, two-dimensional instructions and, and letting them loose. They'd come back a week later, two weeks later, and you know, how's it going? Well, I, I didn't get the exercises, you know, because it'd go to a, a junk mail folder or, they opened it up and weren't quite sure what to do, so they decided to wait until they saw me again. So, so explaining my frustration to Joe, and then hearing him 
uh, constructively criticized the exercise that I sent him. And, and in, in one of my kind of, you know, passionate tirades, I said, this is so frustrating. You know, I need to create something better. And I thought initially video would be the way to go. And Joe kind of said, let's do it. I'm up for a challenge. And maybe it's a, the place in our lives where, you know, life is rolling along. We both own small businesses. We're busy, but, but creating something new or the, the, the challenge of addressing a problem with a solution just appealed to both of us. Indeed. And that's probably a, a good opportunity for Michael to kind of be brought into the conversation. Michael is chief business officer. I mean, you got to be kind of looking at the market and, and have an understanding of, of how big an opportunity is, how big the opportunity space is here. I mean, when you heard about this idea, what made you kind of want to get involved? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, Joe and I had known each other professionally for several years, and it was uh, the beginning of 2019 that he approached me after they had gone through a few different iterations of Morphos. And he said, hey, we're starting from scratch, and we'd like somebody to be involved that um, that can, you know, really guide us through the process, somebody that can handle the business end of things and can handle getting us, getting us into market, going into new markets, maybe some adjacent markets, that sort of thing. Um, and so it wasn't really until I sat down and started working on Proformas that it, it really fully clicked for me how much of an opportunity this was, not just from a business perspective, but from a do like a do-gooder perspective, right? Like I started to understand the problem more and more as I had as I sat through conversations with Joe and John. Um, that just what was you know the the products in the marketplace that existed were just not cutting it. And so when I sat down to do the performer, I, you know, I, I did more market research. I realized how many potential customers were out there. I realized how easy it was to actually identify those customers. Like the, our, our customer base isn't all of America or the entire world or just people that like to run. Um, you know, they're, they're occupational. It's an occupational demographic. And uh, the, the space, the physical therapy industry is booming because boomers are aging and they need more help. They're you know, they're, they're having more surgeries or having more, you know, hip replacements, knee replacements and, and that sort of thing. And so the physical therapy space is, is growing at a rate five times faster than the average industry in, uh, in the United States. So kind of realizing that number one, it was going to be really easy to find these people, find, find our customers. And number two, there's a, they're tremendously underserved. So uh, as time went on, I started to realize a lot, uh, it became a lot more brighter to me that this was a much needed thing and something that could be really huge with, you know, even just by being a small company, we could make a tremendous effect. And so, you know, John, let's talk about the technology piece here. I mean, you're trying to communicate something really complicated and complex and there's these three-dimensional movement you're trying to capture that on videos, inadequate. You guys have gone to kind of a unique form of animation to pull this off. Like, let's talk about the technology you're using. Yeah, initially, video, as I said, was was kind of the the area we thought we'd we'd create this space in. And when we looked at the the file size for creating, you know, 800 videos to put in a platform, it became obvious that that just wasn't going to work. Just the amount of space for storage it would take on a device and and then and then just you know thought let's do something let's be innovative let's look at the future and and thought of motion capture which which is a, a medium that's used for creating animations um, made made famous by the gaming industry 
So motion capture is what we did at first, and we purchased a, kind of a low-budget motion capture system and tried to record some exercises on our own, which was a, a big learning process, and then ultimately uh, went to a company, uh, MoCap now in Seattle, and we went there in the summer of 2019 and recorded 800-plus animations in their studio, so where I put a suit on and um, I think there were 16 or 32 cameras in this in this studio, and we went through each movement, um, starting with a T-pose and doing the exercise, and recorded all these. And then, then the work actually just began because then the editing process, um, it's, it's pretty exhaustive. But the old end product is a 3D animated illustration of all the exercises that you can imagine a physical therapist would need at, at his or her disposal. And it's a new technology that, to our knowledge, has never been used in healthcare. So it's it's pretty exciting, and uh, we we learned a lot and broke a lot of trail along the way. So when you say three D, I mean it's still delivered on a screen, but can so how does the the patient sort of capitalize on that three dimensional aspect? Yeah, that's a great question because we still we we can't look inside it. Um, what we have where we have controls that the user, whether it's the physical therapy, you know, selecting the exercise or the, the patient at home using their, their phone or their computer, we have uh, navigation tools on the screen where you can circle around the exercise figure and look at any side, top or bottom. Um, you can zoom it in, zoom it out, and just really get a clear, a clear idea of what you're supposed to do. If you want to look at what the foot and the ankle are doing in a squat, you can zoom right in on the foot and ankle. And these are very precise movements with motion capture. And that's, that's the beauty of it is to be able to really kind of hone in on the question that the patient might have, you know, based on form, position, the speed, they can see it all. Indeed. And so, Joe, as, as, as John is there in the studio with his suit on, and I assume it's one of those, those suits with like all the, the little fuzzy balls all over it. Joe, how are you kind of thinking about the challenges of bringing this technology to life in a way that is sort of scalable and usable for the customer? The watching John go through it, um, I think it's first worth mentioning that we were warned ahead of time that uh, we should bring several models because doing it for even one day straight uh, typically was more exhausting than anybody was willing to do. And, and John did it for two and a half days without wow. a break. Uh, Knowing luckily, John, that's not it, all that surprising. No, no, <laughs> it didn't. It didn't slow him down at all. I think he was happy for the workout, and uh, you know he. He finished his hard day every day with a big run uh, through the city and started each day with the same. So it really, obviously, they didn't know who they were dealing with. But <laughs> uh, the real problem with getting all these animations, once they're, you know, recorded correctly and we're able to broadcast them, is, is it really became a logistical feat. You know, as John said, we had uh, about 800 of these animations. And each one is about 15 seconds long. And um, that's somewhere around three, a little over three hours, which, you know, we were, we were working with people that are in the gaming industry and making movies and that sort of stuff. Um, the mocap now that John mentioned that we went to in Seattle, they had um, worked on uh, Happy Feet, which is the animated penguin movie in King Kong. So they were used to working on things on a large scale. 
and Giant Cranium, whom we used to put the, uh, you actually, it's a multi-step process, and Giant Cranium did the final workings to put them onto the, into the uh, application. Um, those guys have worked on giant large-scale video games, and both of them made the comment that this was the biggest thing they'd ever worked on. It turns out that 800 15-second animations is much more of a logistic challenge on their end than just one three-hour movie uh, or video game. So um, going through and meticulously recording all of them was super important, but also just managing the whole thing and organizing it in such a way that not only could the PTs reach in and grab these pieces uh, and put them into the application, obviously all automated within the application, but the patient is able to pull them up and just seamlessly move through each one of them. Um, so, you know, in addition to getting them in there and getting them put together right, we also had to just figure out how to uh, how to manage the process. You know, as John mentioned, editing 800 of these things was no joke, and it took it took the better part of a year. Yeah, and that that kind of you're you're laying out there a really interesting dynamic. You've got to design this thing so it's usable for you know a physical therapist to kind of curate the set of exercises and, and, and activities you want a patient to go through, but you also have to design the patient interface so the patient can access it. And, and Michael, that kind of brings brings up a question to me is like, who is, who's the actual customer here? Like, how do you, how do you guys conceptualize the customer? Um, well, you know, the, the, we consider ourselves business to business. So the person that's paying is a physical therapist. Okay. Um, and we, we anticipate that they will provide the service at no charge to their patients, um, because they can onboard as many patients and unlimited number of patients into their, um, into their own profile. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, if it's not usable for the patient, then it's of no use to the therapist as well. Right. Um, I think the funny thing about Morphos is that, and I've said this to the guys several times is that we've uh it's been so difficult and it's been so rewarding at the same time as well because we have married technologies that have no business being in bed together um you know these layers and layers of technology the motion capture you know in a in a web interface that's mobile responsive and or mobile optimized and touch responsive um all of these things were quite difficult to create that seamless fluid experience for um, for both, uh, both customers, the therapist and the patient. But yeah, ultimately, you know, we consider the end user being the patient. And, uh, if it's not, if it's not useful to them, if they're not, if they're not improving their physical condition at the end of the day, because they're using this home exercise program at the advice and consult of their therapist, then, uh, then the, then Morphos isn't doing his job. So, you know, creating those two distinct interfaces, one that's desktop optimized, one that's, that's, that's smart, uh, smart device optimized, um, was, was quite a challenge. Um, but at the end, you know, ultimately, uh, the product and the service is being, is being sold to the physical therapists, um, for, for use for them to add value to their patients. Like, like John alluded to earlier, adding value is a big deal. And so we think that the, the very nominal, subscription fee of Morphos is going to, uh, is going, therapists are going to reap multiple dividends, um, from it. You know, just as an example, I was showing my aunt in, uh, in Scobie, Montana, who's been a, a, a long haul physical therapy patient. I was showing her a prototype of it and she just goes, my, my goodness, I need this. I need this now. I need this right now. Can I have this right now? <laughs> 
and I said, I'm sorry, Nancy. Uh, you know, this is, it's, it's only available for purchase by physical therapists. She says, well, if I knew a physical therapist that had this, I'm going to them, you know, I'm quitting, I'm quitting anybody that doesn't have this. I'm going to go to who has this. So she's, uh, she's been in my ear just about every week. Like, is it released? Are you done? Are you done? Right. Can I get it? Can I get it? <laughs> it's a good sign for any entrepreneurial venture when you got people beating down your door to get more of the product for sure. For sure. And so how are you thinking about the, the sort of selling cycle? You get it, you get a, you get a physical therapy clinic to take this on. Maybe that clinic has multiple locations. They have multiple therapists within the clinic. Uh, and then there's, has to be this, this, this mechanism through which the clinic gets its patients to adopt the product, meaning loaded onto some sort of a, a smart device. What's that kind of customer journey like? Yeah, um, I can speak to that for a, a second, and then I'd turn it over to John. Um, you know, essentially, the, 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 the physical therapy industry is, is super unique in that it's very mom and pop. Um, you know, like I said, when I was having more conversations with the guys about this and saw the, the opportunities that existed within it, um, you know, I discovered that 75% of all physical therapy businesses have fewer than 10 employees. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful in that a single therapist and a single clinic can sign up for it. It doesn't have to be adopted clinic wide. Um, but also if there is a chain of, you know, if there's a, if there's a 50 clinic chain in the Midwest that wants to standardize this as part of their practice, then they would just sign up with us and enroll all of their therapists in it and just say, okay, this is part of our, this is part of our program. This is policy and procedure. This is our, this is our go-to home exercise program. But again, it doesn't require that. Like if, if just only one of John's therapists at Sapphire wanted to enroll, then they could enroll and they could use it on their own. And they'd be they'd be on their way. Um, and so the adoption the adoption by the by the patient is driven by the um, by the consult of the therapist, right? So so the therapist instead of sending the patient home with some stick figures and some scribbly notes, they'd say here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sign you up and I'm going to roll you in, in Morphos, which is the home exercise program that I prefer to use. And uh, they just create a profile for them on their side. And that patient instantly gets a welcome email and they set up their account and the, uh, the patient gets a, gets a notification. Anytime the therapist assigns a routine to them, they can check, you know, whatever device they they're using to view the, to view their routine. They can direct message with the therapist um, they can track their progress through the metrics reporting. Um, and I'd let, you know, I'd let John speak to those features and, and how those features benefit both patient and therapist. A new angle is brought to you by First Security Bank and Blackfoot, two cool companies doing awesome things all over Montana. I'm Maureen Dowd of the New York Times, and you're listening to A New Angle. But yeah, I think the you know, the adoption rate among physical therapists is going to be, uh, is going to be quite interesting because again, like I said, it's so mom and pop and it's so independently driven, um, that, uh, it doesn't, and the, and the price point of Morphos as well, doesn't really require a committee of people sitting around a budget and saying, all right, we're going to, you know, we're going to allocate X number of dollars in our next fiscal year to roll this out company wide. It can just be, you know, uh, uh, a, a solopreneur hand therapist, you know, that's a, that's a one person operation. Um, but also it can be, uh, you know, it could be a 5,000 physician, uh, chain as well. Sure. That, I mean, that, that process seems really interesting to me. And, and John, I know we've had some conversations about like, 
Hey, can you, cause I think you've referred to it as the golden hour, right? That first appointment you have with a, with a new patient, you got a lot to do in that, in that first appointment. You have to sort of communicate competence. You've got to sort of diagnose, you've got to devise a plan. You got a lot to do. Talk about how this sort of makes that, uh, that, that job a little bit easier in that first interaction with a patient. It, it is a pretty, you know, power packed hour. You know, when the patient first comes in for an evaluation, basically in, in most clinics and Sapphire PT is included in this, we have an hour to basically review the medical history, evaluate the patient, do physical testing, come up with a physical therapy diagnosis and a treatment plan and provide something useful that they can go home with because the evaluation itself can take the whole hour. So to do some type of treatment, the home exercise program is a huge part of that. Because if I say, okay, let's, uh, I'm going to give you your knee sore, you have some weakness in your, in your quad and you, your balance needs work. So if I can get on morphos and bring out some exercises and show them what to do and illustrate it and then give them a way to follow that more accurately, I feel like that, that hour becomes much more successful rather than spending the whole hour, you know, in, in rush trying to get all the information I need to, to do the evaluation and then sending the patient home when I haven't really done any service, right. uh, anything tangible that they can take home and, and use. Um, so that, that's, that's the beauty of it is again, assigning value, more value to that hour, which is expensive on the patient's part. And it takes time out of their busy day, but it's also a frustration that, lots of my fellow physical therapists share with me is that I've got an hour to do this and I feel like I need to do some treatment and I want that treatment to be effective and something they can take home with them. Yeah, I think uh, another really uh, important feature of it that, that John's underselling that he put a lot of time into is that um, John often comments about how much time he spends at night and how much time PT spend at night going through and assigning exercises. Um, and from the beginning, we've been very diligent about just limiting the, uh, what John likes to call the click trail to get the, um, to get to a completed exercise routine. And by just always coming back to that, we've been able to take it to the point where you can onboard a patient and assign them their first routine in about five minutes. And so for the PT to be able to do this with the client in the room and, you know, sharing the, the, the program with them so they can see it going over it with them and having that an organic part of that first meeting, not only are they able to better help the patient and get them into the, get them using the um, application, but then they don't have to go home and, you know, spend 15 or 20 minutes for each new patient or each new exercise routine that night. So it's freeing up a lot of time for the PTs as well. Yeah, and I would think that time is, I mean, there's 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 multiple problems there, Joe, in the sense that one, it's just extra time and extra burden, but that disconnect, that temporal disconnect between when, you know, John's totally. doing that evaluation and then finally getting to a point where he can then deliver the follow-up, um, there's probably something lost in that time, even for the best of uh, clinicians, Um it makes me think of, you know, something we teach in advertising class. It's like, get to the emotion as fast as you can. And in this case, it's like, get to the value 
of the interaction with the therapist as fast as you can, eliminate as much other garbage and you know distraction as possible. A lot of that that I mean garbage isn't probably the right word, but a lot of that distraction <laughs> gets in the way. Um, the other side of this too, John, I've heard you talk about this. It's like you send these patients out into the wild and you know they have a plan, they have instruction, you've delivered it to the best of your ability. But Morphos gives you a platform through which you can get better information about how the patient is doing, if they've complied with the program, what progress they're making, what time they're spending uh, on the app, and on probably all sorts of other metrics. Tell, tell us about what, um, what information the therapist can glean from Morphos um, about how the patient is doing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting that we have uh, the features we have on Morphos. And, and part of the reason not only are these features that I thought were useful and critical, but also we're asking physical therapists to give up what they're using now or change the way they send exercise routines. So we feel like we need to provide a better way to do that. And what we did was add a direct messaging feature so that if a patient is halfway through their routine and it's, you know, it could be, it could be late at night, it could be early in the morning, any time of day, and they get stuck, they don't have to wait until the next time they come in and see me. They can click on the message PT button and send me a message. John, you didn't give me this, you know, this squat with a kettlebell. Do you want me to do this? Or, um, or if they, if they do an exercise and it hurts, they can tell me, you know, John, my ankle hurts when I, when I do this single leg heel raise, should I still do it? And I'll be cued next time I am in morphos that I have a message from that person and I can respond if it's soreness, that's fine. If it's sharp pain, don't do it. You know, so we keep that communication, that line of communication open. And that's something that's optional for a, a therapist. They can have that active for a particular patient or customer, or they can inactivate that depending on the person and their choice. And then the other, the other issue with healthcare in general and physical therapy in particular are progress measures. And we have what are called functional outcome measures, which insurance providers, Medicare particularly, requires us to use. And this is a, a form that asks questions periodically, usually about every four weeks for Medicare, to get a functional report from the patient on how they're doing. And these are big, a big buzzword in healthcare right now. So we included some metrics questions that the patient will complete at the end of their routine. And the, the therapist can customize that. General ones that are standard, such as pain level, um, fatigue level. If I wanted to know, you know, how does your big toe feel? I can add that one as a physical therapist so that at the end of the routine, the, the patient answers on a one to 10 scale rates their, their fatigue, their pain, their big toe pain level, um, difficulty level. And that is tracked along with their completion of the routine over time so that when I, as a physical therapist, need to write a progress report for the referring provider, or their surgeon, I can include some of that metric data and therefore justify further physical therapy and document their progress. Makes me think of our friend, um, our mutual friend and uh, physical therapy professor, Rich Willie. I mean, what you're talking about, maybe not a big market for this, but like it really could scale some, some field research protocols and, and lead to a lot better data on what is effective in terms of in terms of physical therapy, I mean this this per, could provide so many benefits to so many so many constituents. Joe, you had a, a follow up comment. 
Yeah, the the from a patient side, I mean the 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 technical stuff that that we've put in here, the the direct messaging, the metrics, um, being able to track these things, is all very important and super functional on the PT side. From a patient side too, though, what that does is we one of the kind of phrases we've used throughout is closing the loop, trying to make the experience as much for the patient, uh, as much as if they're standing there in front of the PT, right? So, so as John mentioned, when he started the, you know, if I blew out my knee, I would be in to see John doing my PT five days a week in front of John. And obviously that's not where we are now within the industry, but from a patient standpoint, the metrics, the direct messaging, all these different things are providing uh, the service to the patient, they're closing that loop, they're making it as similar to being actually in front of their PT while they're doing the exercise as they possibly can be without actually being there. And so from a patient side, that's what all these features provide to them. Well, it kind of it's kind of a follow-up to even what Joe just said. It's in the, in the industry, in physical therapy, adherence, patient adherence to exercise programs that they're sent home with is is at best 50 percent so we have a lot of work to do as a profession and i and the goal is to actually track through some research uh with the help of the university of montana physical therapy school which is is expressed interest in helping us with this to sort of track does morphos in fact create a higher patient adherence rate and if we can show that and demonstrate that it'll be huge for for the industry as a whole and, and again, that's sort of that, that do good side of morphos. We're trying to get people to, to sort of embrace and become an active part of their rehabilitation. And to do that, you got to do the work. And if we can help them do the work 70% of the time instead of 50% of the time or 80% of the time, then that would be you know, a huge breakthrough in the industry. Absolutely. You know, Michael, it occurs to me that, you know, I asked you previously about who the customer is. I mean, another player in this uh, game are the insurance companies. How, how have you all been thinking about insurance companies? And Because, and, and, you know, you would think this is going to be a lot easier if you can get insurance companies to adopt some interface with the cost of providing this to patients. Yeah, we're, um, you know, I think John might be better equipped to answer that than myself because he deals with insurance companies every day. Um, however, uh, you know, they're, I believe insurance is currently uh, somewhat resistant to being billed for uh, non-face-to-face visits and with the exception of uh, telehealth or telemedicine visits um, that have now become a lot more, uh, well, at least, you know, Medicare has become a lot more forgiving as far as the the billable hours because of the pandemic, of course. Um, and, you know, to that, to that effect and to that extent, Morphos will be launching a, a telehealth feature before the end of this year. So, you know, launch, launch today, but 30 days from now, we're going to have telehealth as well. So we're going to constantly improving. Um, the, uh, the insurance companies definitely play a role. Uh, but I believe John, correct me if I'm wrong at this point, uh, with the exception of telehealth, there's uh, an inability to bill insurance for the services being provided through Morphos? Yeah, for for a patient doing an exercise routine at home, um, physical therapists can't bill for that. But what we are hopeful that will happen is with the metrics data and, of course, with the telehealth communication feature where I could actually have a telehealth visit with a patient and review any questions they have, 
as well as reviewing their metrics and applying that metrics data to my electronic medical record or EMR system, that would be in theory a billable uh, billable time. But we still have to kind of tackle that question with insurance companies. I think once we once we're up and running and can demonstrate the the strengths of Morphos, then we'll we'll tackle that definitely. Well, it just seems like there's a ton of upside for insurance companies as far as what they could learn about what works and what doesn't. Yes. Michael. Yeah. And I think um, beyond, you know, just what the therapist can bill insurance is that, you know, the, the, the other benefit to Morphos is that with this increased patient adherence and with the, the anticipated better outcomes on the patient side, the patient's less likely to give up. And they're going right. to actually continue to make those appointments with the therapist because they're seeing improvements. They're feeling better, right? They're, they, they're not just going to succumb to a lifetime of chronic pain. They're going to say, you know what? Oh, wow, this is amazing. Like my slip disc, it actually is, it, it feels a lot better now. And you know what though? My knee's been bugging me for the last few years and I just ignored it. Can we work on that? Can we can we go down that road and see what that might you know see see what see what we can do there? Indeed. So I think that you know Morphos is going to end up um, from a dollars and cents perspective. It's going to it should increase the patient retention, which increases their you know the the therapist overall revenue goals. Um, so whether or not they can bill insurance for the services that Morphos is stepping in to provide, um, there 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 should be, and this is something that we plan to track and um, and be able to to report out on, uh, is the, the retention rate, which is just, is such a big deal. Cause I think that so many, so many patients just simply give up because they get home and they're not motivated. They don't understand. They're not getting better. And they just say, forget it. Well, speaking of, of giving up and, and actually not giving up and sticking with it. I mean, Michael, you slipped it in there, but we should commemorate the fact that, that, that you all launched today. The product is live and that's something to celebrate and congratulate, knowing how uh, hard and long you, you've all worked on that. Thinking about that, um, and let's start with you, Joe. Can you reflect on, I mean, you've been, you've been an entrepreneur at, at multiple levels, owned a variety of businesses. Like, how, how do you think about, or, or what have you learned through this journey? If you could sort of give one piece of advice to some budding tech entrepreneur, what would it be? It's always way easier and takes way less time than you think it will. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> you should just lean into that. <laughs> it's always a lot cheaper, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right? Time is never money. Um, the, uh, we were just, you can, you can imagine uh, as we're finally getting ready to, to push this thing over the finish line or the first finish line, The uh, we've been reflecting on this. John and I, in 2015, I had the uh, neck surgery, and so the fall he was he was helping me, and we started banding around these ideas and kind of uh, looking, you know, trying to articulate what he saw as you know the major deficiencies and needs uh, in the winter there, and and in the spring we started we started actually putting together what what we like to imagine as the uh, the um, the junkyard version of this, where you know we just kind of made it happen with um, technologies that at the end wouldn't really scale and everything, but it was enough to get a good proof of concept. And um, it's, it's been, it's been really challenging more. So most of my background, I'm in general construction and most of my background therefore is in service. And so actually producing a product 
you know, trying to make the better mousetrap is different than, you know, you have to, you have to go through and actually create this product in a vacuum, you know, with, with whatever help you can get or whatever, uh, you know, kind of truthing out you can get by talking to other professionals. But it was a really different process for both of us uh, because John also, you know, coming in PT is coming from the service industry, you know, where you can scale it up. You work by yourself and then you hire somebody, then you hire two people and slowly but surely the business grows. But but going in and basically into the basement and tinkering until you come up with something that that you're happy with has been a very different process and super rewarding. Um, but also it feels much more like, you know, the three of us on an island just trying to, to put this thing together and then, you know, kind of release it into the world. Um, it's been very, it's been very interesting and, and not as maddening as I would have thought. Uh, it's, it's, it's been fun for sure. Well, that's been a very intellectual challenge. That's heartening to hear, Joe. Um, Michael, what have you learned? Um, I have learned that, uh, entrepreneurship is not for the weak of heart. Um, if it's, it's an incredibly tough uh-huh. occupation. Uh, when people ask me what I do for a living, I, I often respond with, well, unfortunately I'm an entrepreneur. And they say, well, unfortunately, why? I said, well, it's the kind of thing that you can only do if you're willing to lose everything at any moment in time. <laughs> and so, right. um, so I've learned how to meditate better. Um, I've learned how to breathe myself to sleep and, and prioritize problems um, because you can't tackle everything at once, right? You know, like the old saying, how do you eat a whale? And it's one bite at a time. And that's where you, you just got to start with the, start with your fork and your knife and, and just carve out the little pieces until you get through the whole, until you get through the whole whale. Um, yeah, I've, I've been involved in several ventures and I would say that this one has taught me the greatest amount of patience. Um, you know, this is, it's been very, it's been very bootstrappy and, um, it's, and doing this kind of thing really requires a lot of patience, uh, and determination. And it's really great to have partners in the project that will uplift you when you're feeling down. So, you know, I think we were talking about this the other day, doing something totally on your own, uh, you're more likely to throw in the towel at any given point in time when you, with, with, when you get frustrated, but it's great to have partners like Joe and John, where you can say, I'm frustrated by X, Y, Z. And they can say, you know, take a breath, take a break. Let's talk through this and let's keep going. Let's just keep trucking along. So I think, um, you know, I think having, having really strong partnerships, um, is an important part of entrepreneurship and, and startups and ventures like this kind of thing. Indeed. The team is critical. John, you've probably been uh, mulling this over the longest. Uh, yeah, what have you learned in this journey? It's it's been it's been probably one of the most interesting journeys I've ever taken, definitely professionally. And as a as a business owner, and started Sapphire Physical Therapy by myself, and the sole owner still, I'm I'm haven't been accustomed to working with a team. Uh, to develop something from scratch. So it's been, I've been able to help accomplish that with Joe and Michael, and there's no way I could have done it by myself. That's just obvious. And so I think what I've also learned is so many times, you know, people have ideas and often really good ideas, but in order to execute those ideas, you need, you need to surround yourself by people that are smarter than you or have more patience than you or have 
more intellectual experience than you in an area in order to make that happen. And I think the the combination of the three of us has has gelled to the point where the three of us is why the why Morphos has happened. It's not just because the idea was a good one, but it's because we the way we are able to communicate and interact and um, and work and kind of make this dream happen. Awesome. And John, finally, last question. Um, tell us about the name. How did how did you how did you guys come up with this name? To me, this product transforms home exercise programs for the physical therapy industry. So I thought of the word metamorphosis and thought, well, what's metamorphosis? We can't use that. And I just just like morphos came to my mind, and I just remember just like blurting it out. Uh, I had no no clue at the time that there was a morpho butterfly, which is ended up being our logo. So we found this cool iridescent blue butterfly called a morpho butterfly that is are now our logo. So it was just kind of one of those sort of spontaneous thoughts that came to my mind, which I often do. And and it stuck. So um, hopefully it'll be a catchy, catchy household name very soon. Let's hope so. Speaking of that, where can uh, you know interested listeners learn more where learn more about Morphos? Where can they find you online? So that would be gomorphos.com, G-O-M-O-R-P-H-O-S-E, gomorphos.com. We're available now, $35 a month. Awesome. Well, Joe, Michael, John, such a pleasure to learn more about this, track this journey over time, and I'm really excited for this next chapter. And um, yeah, all the best. Thank you for what you're doing for this community. But beyond that, um, yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. Yeah, thank you, Justin. Thanks so much. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to A New Angle. We really appreciate it. A New Angle is underwritten by First Security Bank and Blackfoot with support from the University of Montana College of Business and Consolidated Electrical Distributors. AJ Williams is our producer. Jeff Amet, John Wicks, and VTO made our music. And Jeff Meese is our master of all things sound. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, insults, whatever please email me at anewangle at umontana.edu. If you like what you heard, tell your friends about it. Thanks a lot and see you next time.